0: Good evening and welcome to another edition of Mr. Opinion Ed here on Low Def Media. I am Mike, I am your host, and tonight we've got three, maybe four topics that I think are relevant and worth discussing tonight. So glad you have taken the time to join us here on Low Def Media. So what is the first topic? Uh, the first topic is this. Uh, we just got done with uh, Amazon Prime Days and i was walking around my neighborhood and look i i participated just as much as anybody and i had i will not specify how many but i had boxes delivered to the house and i'm walking down the street and i see similar boxes uh being put out in the trash um and and i see you know new cars and people have their garage doors open so uh you you can't help but be a little bit nosy and and notice all the things piled up from floor to ceiling in a garage. And so my question is this, how much stuff is too much? When does it become enough? Now I know I suffer from materialism as much as anybody else, but at some point it does beg that question. And you know, society doesn't make it easy for us to say no or to scale back on the amount of material items that we possess because in today's society, you don't have to leave your house. You don't have to leave your couch to buy whatever it is you want. And I'm, I recall a movie, or I'm reminded of a movie, called The Net with Sandra Bullock. And this was, this was way back in the infancy of the internet where she never left her house, her neighbors didn't know who she was, could not pick her up, pick her out of a lineup and she ordered her food uh, off the internet online. Uh, She had FedEx scheduled to come pick up at the house. Uh, She did all of her shopping online, so she never left. I don't recall if that was a phobia or something. I don't know why that occurred, but be that as it may, she didn't leave, and so her neighbors didn't know who she was, so if she had gone missing, nobody would have known who she was. And so that to me was foreshadowing of what what we see now. Uh, The pandemic uh, brought this very much to light where now even more tools were created so that we don't have to leave our house. We don't have to be inconvenienced. We don't have to drive somewhere to get something. We don't have to step foot in a store if we don't want to. That can come directly to our doorstep. And then all we have to do is once once that person leaves, just open the door and go grab our stuff. And so at what point... And I don't know that there is an actual hard number. Uh, I don't know that if it can be quantified, but at what point do we say, okay, enough is enough? Is it when we have the one thing that we need and then one backup? I will tell you this, I feel I feel very comfortable, very happy when I can open up, let's just say the um, the linen closet in the bathroom. And I look in there and if I need uh, a tube of toothpaste or a box of Band-Aids. I've got it. Soap, shampoo. Because I shop at Costco, you tend to get that stuff in, in larger quantities, but I have it available. I love having the security of a backup. And so I I understand that part, but when you see elderly folks who live by themselves, you know, just the two of them, and they go to Costco and they buy, you know, the commercial size toilet paper paper towels waters that kind of thing you have to ask yourself you know how much is too much so i pose that to you that that is the question for you today and so i'm really hoping that you will give me some feedback that you will get into those comments that you will email me or or drop a comment let me know what you think when is when is enough enough when do we have enough stuff that we can pull back the reins and say you know what we, we don't need any more. We, we've got enough. All right. So that's, that's topic number one. Uh, topic number two is, is a bit more, I want to say it's a little heavier. I was watching the news the other day and actually I, I, I read a lot of news in the morning while I'm drinking my coffee and yeah, USA Today, Fox News, uh, MSNBC, you know, just, uh, uh, let's see, there's a couple other places, Fox News, USA Today, MSNBC, Flipboard, just a variety of different places, right? And w- we've talked about that on this this uh, platform about getting your news from a variety of different sources so it's not always skewed in one direction. You can get multiple sides of a story. So I saw this story where a police officer is at an apartment complex, b- appeared to be an apartment complex, walks up to an individual in a car, and apparently, someone had called him and said that, "Hey, there's someone sitting out in the parking lot, and you know he's just sitting in his car. Doesn't live here. Can you go check him out?" So he comes up to the individual, and says, "Hey, how you doing? Good evening. Uh, hey, do you live here?" And the person immediately opens up the door, gets out of the car, and becomes very evasive. Doesn't answer the question. He goes, "Why do you why do you want to know if I live here?" And so the officer. You know, becomes obviously defensive because now the person's out of the car and wants to uh, be confrontational. And so, you know, hey, why do you, you want to know? I'm not doing what, what? why are you bothering me? And so the police officer is still asking, hey, do you live here? Hey, calm down. You know, just don't do that. Don't do that. Next thing you know, in the story, they don't show it. But the next thing you know, the police officer gets shot in the head. Now, this wasn't like a burglary. This wasn't uh, a chase. This was just a police officer walking up to a person in a car, asking them what they were doing. person could have said, oh, I'm just waiting for a friend. Oh, okay, we, you know, if your friend doesn't show up, then you got to leave. Whatever, could have gone a hundred different ways. Instead, uh, the individual decides to get belligerent, shoots the officer in the head. Now, the officer did live, but he's in critical condition. And so, that didn't get any... Other attention, other than that one news story that I saw, probably on Flipboard. So, what is the point? The point is this: we see any number of news articles or news stories about police officers shooting someone else. Oh, they shot an unarmed uh, person, or uh, they used too much force in, um, you know, uh, arresting someone. So. Why don't we hear the alternative? Why don't we also hear why police end up being so defensive or end up being so aggressive? Because they face people like this individual every day. They have to deal with people who at any moment could shoot them. I used to live in Florida, and a lot of folks down there, because of the heat, get their windows tinted. And they get it tinted so dark you can't see in the car. You couldn't pay me enough money to pull someone over on the interstate and walk up to that car and not know how many people are in the car or what they're holding or what they're doing. So I'm not not here to say that what police officers do as a whole is always right and that we should always side with the police. Not saying that. What I am saying is that there's always two sides to every story and that you can't just base your perception of the police department on what the media tells you, because the media is always going to give it a slant that works out for them. So you need to be wise enough to get your your information from a variety of sources and understand that it's never just one way all the time. So that that was topic number two. And again, weigh in. Uh, send me your comments and let me know. am I off base? Do you agree? Uh, let me know what you think about the med- the media's portrayal of law enforcement, police officers and so uh, I would I'd be very interested to hear those comments. Uh, on to number three, this one's a little lighter, uh, not quite as deep uh, but this morning well for the past couple weeks I've been going out every morning before work and going out and just walking two miles. Now I, I enjoy running. Uh, I'm not what you would call an avid runner where i don't I, you know I don't run fifty miles a week. I'm not a long distance runner, uh, but I do enjoy getting out running, sweating and and it, you know it makes me feel good, It gets a heart rate up, work up a sweat so i I don't mind running. The problem now as I get older is that it makes my plantar fasciitis hurt, it makes my knees hurt, and so I try to get away from that now so now. I am a walker. So my, my question is this, um, is there a stigma to being a walker instead of a runner? Now I know I'm getting fitness, I'm not getting nearly the same aerobic fitness as I would get running, but I justify that because I'm not doing as much damage to my joints as I would be doing if I was running. So you tell me, is there a stigma when you hear somebody is a walker instead of a runner? Is there stigma with that? Do you think less of them as a, in a fitness perspective? Not as a, a human, but oh, you only walk, you don't run. That's like saying, oh, you only use dumbbells, you don't use a barbell, or you do aerobics and you don't lift weights. And so I wanna know if there's a stigma. So again, I beseech you to uh, send me some uh, comments, an email, whatever format, uh, let me know if you think that there's a stigma attached to someone who walks for fitness as opposed to runs, and I understand some people can't go out and run, they have to walk, and so no, we're not, we're not gonna label them. But for people like myself, who probably could run, but choose to walk because it's just easier on the body, is there a stigma when somebody looks at me, you know, I, I'm 5'10", 160 pounds, oh, you don't run? You walk? What are you, like 100 years old? So just let me know. And the and the last topic for today. If you listen to podcasts, chances are you watch YouTube. You might even be a content creator yourself. And so I, I bring you this topic. I happen to catch uh, is a video on YouTube by Jeff Dunham. It's called Dunham Did It, I think. Is that who did it? dunham i I think so uh get undone gerald undone that's what it is so gerald undone and he um is from canada he's a content creator and does product reviews that kind of thing and in this particular uh video he tapped a bunch of other creators and said hey what gear do you use to film your videos and these are all extremely successful content creators so as I listened to each one of them rattle off their gear, I would say 90% of them, a vast majority had a Sony um, 7S three, and that's about a $3,000 camera and that's just for, for the body and then you gotta put a lens on it and they all had nice lenses, they all had expensive microphones and mixing this and that and lights and all kinds of stuff. So. My point is this, I, have, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody on YouTube say gear doesn't matter. It all starts with content and start you know with whatever you've got and which is I'm sure exactly what they did. They started with whatever they had, it could have been a, a cell phone, could have been a simple point and shoot camera, a GoPro. They started with that, they created a channel, they got some traction and as they got more popular, they increased their up their, their game and got better equipment. And now all of them have a a Canon slash Sony equivalent level camera that's thousands of dollars. And so, I, I pose this to you. If gear doesn't matter, then why do all of these content creators, who most of them don't have a professional photography or videography business, it's just them posting YouTube videos. Why do they have such expensive gear if gear doesn't matter? I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that. And on my channel, I have a YouTube channel, and all I do is use, it's called Low Def Media. I mean, that's the name of this podcast channel because I don't use anything that's over $500. The DSLR that I use, I bought in probably 2016, so it's five years old. I've got a GoPro 7, so that's four years old at least. Uh, I use a DJI Pocket One, so that's a 2019 tool. I use a Sony DSC HX80, which is four or five years old. Uh, Most of my cameras only shoot 1080. They don't even shoot 4K, and the ones that do have such a small sensor that, yeah, it's 4K, but it's not like a, a professional Sony or Canon camera. I do have a Fuji um, mirrorless camera, but again, that was under $500. i uh, That's the name of my channel, Low Def Media, because I don't use anything that's really considered high def. Uh, I don't have expensive microphones. Uh, I'm using right now a, a Blue Yeti Snowball microphone that you can pick up at Walmart for 50 bucks. So my mission on this channel is to try and produce content without breaking the bank. And, you know, people listen people watch my videos. I don't I'm I'm not a superstar. I don't make tons of money, but my point is this. If the content is the point, then why spend thousands of dollars on gear? Cuz then you have to ask yourself, are they watching my channel because of my gear or because of me or because of my content? I don't ever want my gear to be something I have to question like, "Oh, they're only watching it because it looks so cool." No. So you tell me, am I way off base here? I I just uh that kind of didn't sit well with me, so I would love your opinion. And with that, I think we've rambled on long enough. Um, I, give, I gave you four good topics tonight, and so I hope you um, really think about those. Maybe jot down some notes, some thoughts. Get those to me. Love to bring them up in the next podcast, the uh, Talking Points. And um, you never know. If uh, you give me the right contact info, maybe we make you a guest on the show, and we can talk about it in the next episode of Mr. Opinion Head on low-def media. See you in the next one.